This week on Notorious Scoundrels Podcast. I just told my good friend uh, Blast Hard Cheese about it, so uh, uh, yeah. I hope he signs up. <laughs> Dirk Hardpack is uh, signing up for that one. <laughs> also, my friend Smoke Man Muscle. <laughs> welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels Podcast. I'm Orchimedes and I'm joined by Endless and Dashes. Uh, and we talk on this podcast about improving your game and competitive play. What's going on, gentlemen? Wait a minute. Just... What game do we play again? I think <laughs> it starts with war and ends with hammer. I don't. I don't know. Nah. I thought this was an Armada podcast. Oh no. Well, I better actually get good at that game then. If yeah. That's what we're gonna talk about. Yeah. Star Wars Legion is the game we play. Yep. Um, so uh, today we're going to talk to Garnananana. I think I used the right number of syllables. So I'm I'm looking straight at the questions we're going to ask him, and I think we're missing one. And it's definitely how do you say your name? Oh yeah, we definitely have to ask him that, right? Because like, I, I guarantee you that I. One. Yep. Yeah. When, um, I, when I cast his games, I just give up and say Garn. But that's definitely <laughs> a question worth asking. How do you say your name? Adding it right now. There we go. Add it to the show um, notes. Yep. Um, we do have show notes. That's the thing. Um, so next week, there will not be a regular Notorious Scoundrels episode because it is Christmas Eve. But uh, we did already record an episode, and we recorded said episode with uh, the gentleman from Fifth Troopers, Jay and... Not Silent Bob, uh, Evan. Um, and uh, it was awesome. And it's been pre-recorded, so um, um, we will put that out sometime around Christmas, probably the day after Christmas. Uh, and it'll be on both both podcasts' um, subscriptions. So uh, if you listen to one, uh, please still download the other one. You know, do us a favor. Um, but yeah, it should be awesome. Uh, we talk about a lot of uh, different things that we don't normally talk about. Um, we talked about kind of sort of like what we want to see for 2019 um, and another uh, other range of topics. So um, that is going to be our next week's episode. We also have um, uh, Fifth Trooper has a, a giveaway going on right now, giving away some Snow Troopers and FD Cannon. Uh, some scouts and a core set. Sounds right, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. that's what they're giving awesome. away. <laughs> Jeez, Endless, could you be more enthusiastic? <laughs> oh, no, I, I'm, I apologize. No, please do check them out. So, um, the link is the fifthtrooper.com slash giveaway, I think is the URL. Yep. That. I just told my good friend uh, Blast Hard Cheese about it, so um, uh, yeah. I hope he signs up. Mm-hmm. Dirk Hardpack is uh, signing up for that one as well. <laughs> Also, my friend Smoke Man Muscle. <laughs> those all sound like uh, like winners to me. Yeah, those all, those all sound like real names that are totally not made up. Definitely not pseudonyms. Mm-hmm. Definitely um, so, not. Yeah. Corset, Scout Troopers, Snow Troopers, FD Cannon, good stuff. Um, and you don't need to do anything other than sign up. You don't even have to listen to our podcast or their podcast. Though you should. But you should do that anyway. Um, you guys want to talk Team League? Team League, yeah. Bees, we're going to destroy you. 
Yeah, we got matched up against Baywatch All-Stars in the Team League. So I think it's uh, Stevens, AGS, AJST, and Bees, right? Yes, those are the yep. players that were on our opposing team. Destruction. Um, <laughs> and it turns Fury. out... Turns out Dash has uh, preemptively trash talked to you already on our pre-recorded Christmas special, so that's gonna. Hey be... guys. <laughs> yeah, so it's gonna be real awkward if we've played games already by that time that airs. Um, yeah. Do what I can, you know. I wasn't really thinking about the timing when we were recording the episode; just felt right. So that's what I did. You got to do what feels right. Exactly. Uh, you want to? So um, I'm bringing a different list this time. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I thought, I'd, I thought I'd try and make your life a little easier, there, Captain. I find your lack of faith in the uplinked RTs disturbing. I I have tons of faith in the uplinked RTs when people aren't intentionally targeting that list. I yeah, I don't know. Oh yeah, um, you know I. When thinking about the matchups, like if if we had hidden that one in the skew slot, we would have been so dead. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Would have been complete, like, you would have been just toasted because it, the, <laughs> their skew slot was was the Impact Snow's armor like ATST skew, which is ridiculous. Yeah, yep. Um, yep, that would not have worked out well. Luckily, no. I chose to just uh, be boring and play Wonder Twins. So, no yeah. this time. I played Lucon. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, it's. I was just gonna say it's basically like my invader list. It's it's uh, twins, cores, um, snipers, wookies. Nothing fancy. Awesome. Yep. And trying Luke Han with an officer fleet. I think um, I think Han is an interesting choice over Leia in a Wonder Twins list, just because. I mean, it's no, it's no longer called Wonder Twins, first of all, so it's not really a choice in the list. But you know, you can just call it Flyboys because that's what it is: is Han and Luke together. Han is, of course, great because of Change of Plans, Reckless Diversion. Sorry about the mess. They're all really, really strong cards. Um, of course, his damage is a lot more front-loaded, plus you lose the um, Leia Inspire and Take Cover engine that she is. So you sacrifice some efficiency to get a really awesome character that can do a ton of damage when piloted correctly, similarly to Luke. Of course, the characters are the focus of a list like that, so you want to keep them alive. Last time I played Luke Han, I made a I made a very arrogant play with Han, and, and uh, my opponent rolled five criticals into him, and Han couldn't save a single one, and he got killed that way after being sniped around one. So, take take esteemed leader was the lesson there, and even then, like, because I mean, if he had been able to esteem the sniper shot, he would have lived. But at the same time, it's sort of like it just feels bad when you get critical through hardcover five times in a row and don't save a single one. But uh, that's more my fault because he was in a place where he could get hit five times. So uh, we'll fix that in the future games. But this list is uh, Luke Han, an officer fleet, five Z6, and two snipers. It's like the epitome of just like core efficiency. And then the officer fleet's there to sort of get back a little bit of what you lost from Leia with the Inspire 1. So I'm hoping that's going to be a good combination. What would you say is the advantage of taking Han over Leia in a list like this? Oh, one, you don't have to worry about playing your own CB and getting it nerfed by your opponent's decisions, which is kind of cool. Two, Han is incredibly damaging on his own. Like, if you get a good last first off with him, there's a, you can do a ton of damage to multiple units. 
And I've seen moments where it's like things look really bad for you, but then Han, after Han's next two activations, things look extremely good for you because you've killed like six to eight troopers on your opponent's side just because of Han's good positioning and sharpshooter one, getting things out of cover. And then, um, of course, change of plans is incredible. And Reckless Diversion helps Luke survive if Luke's ever in a place where your opponent's like, oh, I'm going to go shoot Luke. And you're sort of like, no, you're not. You're going to shoot this Z6 unit standing behind him instead. And, of course, you also protect um, your army from flamers with Reckless Diversion. So that's always good. Have you had your Reckless Diversion given to your Angered yet? Uh, No, but I'm glad I'm not fighting Palpatine. I'm fighting Boba Veers. So that's kind of cool. I think it's really interesting that um, with give, you can just make them flip the like reckless target. Yeah. Give it to your anger. Is so good. Like it, it's insanely good. Uh, and, and people that don't see this are, are, I don't know, man. And then you get their vision checks because it's don't, really good. Don't mind endless. He's been on like a week long kick about how <laughs> rebels suck and the empire is the end all. No, no, I think I said something like, I said something outrageous that's true. I said, like, if you lose with Empire, you're it's because you willfully made an error, which is, I think, pretty extreme in hindsight. But, yeah, I've been I've been harping that's, on, I think, Palpatine's the bee's knees, and people are not seeing how good he is just yet. At, at worst, you're wrong 50% of the time because true. Empire is playing other, other Empire games, you know? Yeah, that's true. And I'm sure there are Empire, Empire matches where Palpatine straight out loses. Uh, possibly like the situation we had in the team league where Palp took Frag Snows and met an ATST. <laughs> and the ATST just clobbered him because there was nothing he had. He like sacrificed so many DLTs that he couldn't actually kill the ATST efficiently in any way. And the ATST just rolled up on him and on KP and just dominated. It wasn't even close. And uh, he did take impact snows this time instead. So yeah, think, he learned his lesson. I think we all learned the same lesson at the same time. He took two impact snows and one frag snow because he thinks three snows are good, which I think is actually not a bad idea at all. I think triple snow is pretty decent. It is it's a lot. Of, it's a heavy, uh, it's, commitment, but yeah. well, that's why you have to run like Revere's Boba most of the time in order to make that happen. But, yep, and that's yeah. actually I think uh, Stevens is running that, so I'm gonna. I'm going to find out the, the triple snows. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think we've got, we, you were loaded up on Pierce, so I kind of, yeah, I think that was, I think, that was uh, a good pick. I think. I'm certainly more in my comfort zone at least. So <laughs> that's good. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It is the comfortable zone. Wonder twins. Uh, you're running palp again, right? I am. I'm pretty much running. It's almost the same list, except I subbed out a sniper team for any web. I can't tell you where the extra 10 points came from off the top of my head, but they came from somewhere. I might have like dropped a dude out of one of the other squads or something. Um, I think I I have minimum dumped like recon intel off the snowtrooper squads I had. So that, there's four points there. Um, Single E-Web sounds good to me. Like if you yeah, find a good I mean, spot for it, you know. Yeah, if you, you can, can kind of like hunker it down and then like, it, it makes a good pull target. I think if if you can get a good feel of fire. Oh um, yeah, the crit generation is is usually off the chain. I just, uh, I hate snipers. I really hate snipers. Um, 
I hate getting shot by snipers. I hate shooting with snipers. And I would much rather at this point just play with more hit points worth of units than just like feet into the fire. It might be just objectively wrong, but I just really don't like snipers. The other thing is that Palpatine kind of doubles as my second sniper in the list if I need it in a pinch. I feel like the difference is, is that you haven't lived with a lack of range force shooting for the first five and a half, six months of the game. So, yeah, I, I mean, I love hard. snipers. I have like a, I have like a, what do you call it? Like a, you know, now that I have the ability to take range force shooting, I'll never not take something that can shoot range four. Is that, does that make sense? Oh, I mean, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't leave home without my DLTs, you know, but. Right, exactly. Range uh, is pretty king in this game. I'm for sure. sure people have figured that out. I mean, the game the game is snowball right? Like, if you're able bit. to kill... I mean, like, to the to the point where, you know, if you're able to deteriorate your opponent's force in so, to some degree without them deteriorating you back, um, you know, it, that's that tends to snowball because then you can just do more damage and they can do less damage back to you each turn. Um, I, uh, I don't know. I, I hadn't no, really I thought about it in precisely those terms until... Um, Orc said something about it the other night, and I was just like, wow, that's really profound. It wasn't like actually profound. I was just like, I'm an idiot. Why didn't I think about it that way? Well, no, I think you're, I think you're spot on. Cause like, if you are able to eliminate an activation early and you generally outrange your opponent, you can create later on games for you or later on uh, turns in the game where you can win by force. Just because yeah. you have more stuff. And stuff that can shoot more often. Yep, having more stuff. It's good. Yeah, having more stuff is generally good in most games. <laughs> it's like StarCraft. <laughs> yeah, it's like StarCraft. Just have more stuff than your opponent. Always be making workers. Yep. Alright, should we... I'm so glad Legion doesn't have an economy. <laughs> I'm so glad. Well, it does, but it... never mind. It kind of does. <laughs> it kind of does. You're not. You're, they're called points. Not, yeah, you're not mining minerals, but yeah, it's a different you're kind. Spending points, yeah. Require more minerals. Uh huh. Um, you guys have anything else to say about Team League? Um, other than the fact that it's going to be really awesome to be streaming more games again. Um, not a whole lot. We're gonna just a reminder for people who are in the league and listening. We extended the deadline on this round to January eighth because of the holidays are creating some scheduling problems. Um, but that's to be expected. That's always the struggle with winter tournaments is how yeah. do you negotiate the holidays, especially tournaments that are st- stretching across the new year. Those TOs are so nice. We should, we should find a way to say thank you to them. Jeez. <laughs> anyway. Right. Anyway. Uh, should we move on to our uh, interview with Garnananananana? Yes. yes, the guy's here. Let's get him Let's on. Let's do it. All right. And we're back with Garnanana. How you doing? Okay. Hey, I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, all right. So the first question I think that we have, because I'm sure I just butchered that, is how how do you actually say your handle? Uh, yeah, you, I think you got it right. Uh, Garnanana is how okay. I say it. Garnanana. Yeah, that was one too many, but okay. yeah. <laughs> that's how you normally. Say I, I'm I'm used to this. I've gotten this for I've had this gamer handle for over ten years now, and uh, I'm pretty used to that. Where, what is this? Like a cool story. 
no, well, no, honestly, I was playing World of Warcraft and I just made an alternate and I was like, I don't really care about this name. And then the alternate became my main and then I just kept it. Yo, high five. That's where dashes yeah. comes from. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> Literal same story. Share a lineage. Yeah. Um, what is your, uh, what's your like miniatures gaming background? Uh, so yeah, miniatures gaming background. I have very, actually very little. Uh, X-Wing I started about three years ago um, before X-Wing. Uh, yeah, I have, I have no miniatures experience before that. Um, just a lot of strategy games for me, mostly video games. Anything in particular? Uh, yeah. Um, I started like when I was real young, I started playing Warcraft and then Warcraft 2 and then Warcraft 3. Um, of course, StarCraft 2. And those are throughout my whole life have just been games I've always gone back to and played a ton. Yeah, um, classic Blizzard RTS. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. Are you going to um, play Reforged when it comes out? Heck yeah, I'm, I've already heck played yeah. a little bit of Warcraft 3, getting ready for it. Yes. All right, anyway, go on. Are you guys going to yeah, play back- StarCraft Mobile? Uh, oh, you mean not. Diablo Immortal? Yeah. No, 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 I'm talking about StarCraft Mobile. Really? Haven't I did not know. No. If it did, I wouldn't play it. If it came no, it's, out, it's not a real thing. But we can okay. continue with. That. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Garnet. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I was so no, stoked no. to learn you were a fan. No, you're you're good. No, it's. But I just love strategy games like RTSs and turn-based strategies. I like XCOM, Darkest Dungeon. Like I could sit down and play Darkest Dungeon for hours and hours and hours and just never get sick of it. Um, so like those kind of strategy games turned into when I found X-wing, I was like, "Wow, this is great!" You know, get to get some. P- interaction with another person and uh then legion came out so do you um do you still play x-wing or are you all legion all the time now well yeah so 2.0 i just bought you know the conversion for the rebels and i haven't i'm not gonna probably buy much more um just because i'm basically all legion now all the time so damn with, with all the with all the painting you have to do too it's hard to keep up so you, you want to paint my stuff for me no, no, I'm I'm not the best painter. I'm more of a the hobby side for me is not not why I got into Legion. I don't mind it. I actually before Legion, I was not a painter. I was not a hobbyist, but I've done things I never thought I would do, and I'm pretty proud of them. So, um, so what is your like? What do you like about Legion versus other? I guess your experience is relatively limited to X-wing, but um, versus other games that you've played. Well, yeah, so. You know, starting young, you know, playing chess. I always loved chess growing up. Um, if I could find someone to play with me, and at, at the fundamental strategy of Legion, I take it as a game of chess. Um, every, every, I go into every game knowing that I'm going to lose pieces. My opponent's going to lose pieces. I'm just looking to make the better trades. If I move something, I have a plan. I have a reason why I'm doing that. You know, nothing's with without reason. Um, just like a game of chess. So at the at the fundamental layer, that's to me what Legion is, and I love it. And then there's so much on top of that um, that it's just a great game. And I, I kind of love rolling dice. Um, anything, any kind of board game with dice involved, I love because I love odds and chance. So it has everything I could want in a game, really. And it's like Star. A- and sorry, it's not. Yes, and it's Star Wars. Uh, which who doesn't love some Star Wars, right? Yeah, you you can't go wrong with Star Wars. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's. That and one other thing I wanted to say too is just FFG games too. When I found X-Wing, I also found like Mansions of Madness and Imperial Assault. And just I think everything FFG's done, I've, I've always enjoyed. So 
when Legion was coming out. It was definitely something I wanted to try and not, not glad I did. So, so is Legion your favorite fantasy play game or do you have something else that holds that trophy? No, I think Legion definitely is now. Um, I really love some Mansions of Madness, though. I think that game's fantastic. If you haven't played it, you should try it. I have not, but maybe I will after today. Yeah, yeah, try to find someone to play with. It's really good stuff. So you love so Legion so much that you started a blog about it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, a couple months ago... Uh, I was actually inspired by Yavin Vase, which Endless does, of course. Um, I, I saw on his blog description, he said, this is from a, a rebel perspective. And when you look out there on the internet, there was nothing from the Empire's perspective. And I, so I saw a hole and I thought to fill it. And I, basically, I just wanted it to be a blog uh, from the Imperial player's perspective, um, just about the Empire unit strategies, um, battle reports told by an Empire player, uh, I don't know if you saw, but I had like a guest battle report um, last week. So I want to do that more and just bring other Empire players in and let them write battle reports. Um, but I'm just hoping to make the Empire side of the community better and start discussions and bring everybody together. So I've got a question for you because yeah. you're clearly playing from the Empire perspective. Do you think the Imperial faction is better than the Rebel faction? Ooh, that's a tough de- question, Dash. I don't know. It's, let me give you the politically correct answer. I love all factions. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm no. asking for Endless's benefit right now. We've yeah. had an ongoing, ongoing um, discussion about this. The past of course, are we, are we talking at the at the game level, or are we just talking like flavor? Uh, we're, we're, we're talking, talking, at, talking the at the game level. Okay. Yeah. Well, darn. Then you make the... No, I think it's actually really balanced. Um, of course, you know, the game's fresh. It's new. And it's usually after a couple of years that games start running into balance problems. But um, for me, as the way I play, the Empire is definitely better. Uh, the red dice allow you to take more risks and push flanks, um, which I think you guys have watched enough of my matches. You know I abuse flanks tremendously against players. Um, whereas if I play the Rebels, which I actually just played this morning, uh, Rebels, uh, and I got crushed because I tried to do my usual antics and things just fall apart. So, yeah, I, I think it, it's very balanced and it comes down to the player. Summarize that answer. I hear that, Endless? Balanced. Okay. I know he said the word balanced, but he also said, yeah, Empire's better in there somewhere. So we'll both, <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll both, uh, we'll both cherry pick parts of his statement and call it a day. <laughs> I think <laughs> I'm pretty good at the politically correct answers. Yeah. So um, you were the runner up in Invader League, which is a pretty awesome title to hold, um, winning all your games until you hit the wall that is Kingsley. Um, so go ahead and uh, please tell us about your Invader League list and um, how, it, how it came to be in the single elimination phase, because it was fixed once we got to single limbs. Um, yeah. So, uh, First, I want to say, too, I never thought I'd go so far in Invader League. You know, like I said, have no background in miniatures gaming and not a whole lot of experience against other players. You don't really know, like, how you're going to stand up. Um, but I'm glad I took the... I, I was actually not even going to sign up for Invader League because I didn't think I would, you know, it'd be a waste of my time. And I'm glad I did. Um, so my list, I 
when I went to the elimination round, you know, of course, like you said, it, you're stuck into that list. And with any game, I've learned that you want versatility and you want to have no weaknesses. So I made a very uh, well-balanced, strong list that, as far as I can tell still to this day, I have not found a, a weakness to it. Um, so the the I started at the top of what I wanted, and that was Boba Fett and Imperial Royal Guards with the Electro Staff upgrade. Um, and then, of course, I had to take General Veers. So those three units alone came out to 326 points. Uh, yeah, 326 because Hunter, for me, is stapled to Boba Fett's card. Um, so that basically left me with 400 whatever some points that is. And I wanted my second goal for the list I wanted to take was to have at least nine, preferably 10 activations, but I wanted them to be quality activations. Um, I, at that time, I wasn't a fan of a, a naked squad of troopers. Um, so everything, every unit in the squad, or sorry, every squad in the army has a heavy weapon upgrade and contribute some firepower to the fight. Um, and that was basically the the top-down method I took to list building. Um, and again, I didn't want to skew anywhere. So I know snow troopers are in hot right now. Um, ironic snow and hot, but... <laughs> I'd see a lot of people taking like two to four snowtroopers in a list. And to me, I th- from my the way I play, if I take two snowtroopers, then I'm considering like I'm looking at making a skew list. Uh, so I was always fine with just one. And again, I think everyone plays the game differently, and that's why it's great. But for me, it was like I was good with one snowtrooper, um, and I, I knew snipers would be in. And you had to throw two of those in, and they help pad the activation count. So I think we're seeing a lot of that right now. So if you're listening and you're out there in, in the Legion Improvement land, um, take a listen to what Garn just said, because that's a very concrete and very direct way to build a list that will be successful. You have to decide what you want to play and also keep in mind what's out there and then sort of build it out from there and ask yourself the question, what do I need to deal with what's out there? Which I think was the question you asked because you said I, I'm locked in and I need to build a list with no weaknesses or have as few weaknesses as possible. Right. And to go back, so this goes back to like my game experiences always, right? Like of all games ever, like, so Hearthstone, if there's an overpowered Hearthstone deck and you're playing an off class, what do you do? You build, you put at least cards in your deck to counter that overpowered deck. And that's what the IRG were mandatory for me for. Not that Luke's overpowered, but everyone seems to agree like Luke is if not the best up there with the best models in this game. So yep. for me, IRG were like, they were going. And Bubba, that's a great uh, Luke to turn also with Whipcord. Yeah. When I was putting him in there, I wasn't even thinking of him like that. I just love Boba Fett that he brings each command card brings something different. So like if something happens in the game, and you need to respond to it. He's got a tool for you. Um, and I, I just felt really safe having what everything Boba Fett brings to the table. So sell us on the officer DLT stormtrooper squad, because that was um, one of the more interesting choices that you made in terms of building out your list. And it seems to just do so well every time I see it played and you wouldn't think so on paper. Yeah. I have to point out too. I mean, I think you, you casted most of my games, even in the round Robin, and I think every time you looked at the stormtrooper officer, you made you made the mistake, and you when you're going over the list, you said two snowtroopers with officers. <laughs> yeah, uh, 
I it did because that's what that's what you normally expect is the two right. officer snow with well, the inspire my, chain. My opponents did it too. There were several games where it was like turn two, and my opponents were like, "What? That's an officer on storms?" Like they they just huh? they, yeah they didn't look past this officer, and they just yeah no uh so um when with the units in legion one stat i think that's overlooked and very undervalued by some people could be courage um for me i think the courage stat is like when a new unit's announced like death troopers when they were announced the first thing i was looking at was like what's their courage um because for me when a unit has courage it can do so much more than the the core units that have a courage of one um when you have a courage of one you're kind of on a leash to your commander you know you have to stay within your range three radius um and you you take one shot from what a DLT like you lose an action that that feels real bad. So having a courage or two is even better than it seems because you know taking what we know from Orchimedes's blog, um, every like cur- suppression you have, you have a better chance of removing one. So if you have three suppression, you're more likely to remove one or two suppression than you are if you have one suppression, right? So it's actually exponentially better when you have two courage than it is one. Um, so like, like I kind of mentioned already, I like to abuse flanks, uh, when you, with the stormtroopers with the officer, if you watch my games, you'll see that a lot of times they will go off, like whatever the deployment is, I'll take, I'll make the most of that deployment zone. If it's battle lines, a lot of times I'll try to put something on the far left side of the map and something on the far right side of the map and pressure the opponent from all sides. Um, same with the, the snow trooper with the officer upgrade. Um, of course the benefit on the snow troopers is more apparent because everybody wants to get that double move and shoot. Um, but it, you kind of have to be more careful with them cause they can't, if they're, they're flanking, you're gonna have to have a lot of line of sight blocking terrain. Um, but just looking at even the math, I wanted to fit that officer upgrade in because so you have stormtroopers DLT, they shoot you're doing three to four damage. If you have an aim token, you're doing four to five. Well, if you have an officer and you get shot first in the turn, do you want to lose possibly a mini, maybe two minis or more, and lose your aim token, which is going to be your more damage output? Probably not. So just by putting 20 points, nine points up on an extra trooper on a unit, you can potentially guarantee you're going to get your both actions and probably inspire another unit nearby so they get both actions. There's a lot of value there. I'm sold. You're sold. <laughs> I'm okay. sold. It's, it's hard. It's hard to explain, but hard um, to argue. No, yeah. I mean, seriously, I uh, I never really looked at the officers as a way to uh, kind of deploy a unit outside your commander's commander's bubble. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think that yeah, that's a really you, good good kind of point to make in that like yeah you can just kind of you, toss i think you side. were playing the other night when i played i think it was ajst if i got his name right and you you played your game about the same time so you probably didn't get to see this match but by deploying my officer snows off by themselves with one stormtrooper unit to assist them and boba fett i basically won the match on that flank with just those three units because they were able to support themselves with courage and they got in a, a line of sight blocked position and the snows of course can move, shoot and then move back behind their line of sight. And I think he underestimated how strong that flank attack would be. And so instead of committing to wipe, wipe it out and clean that 
off his side of the board right away. He kind of trickled in and it just snowballed and he could never do anything else but play defense on one flank. Did you say snowball? So, yeah, yeah. Snowtrooper snowballed weird, oh, right? Man. The setup. Man, you're on fire. Setup. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, having been on the receiving end of these things, I feel like I'm always surprised by uh, how hard they hit. I'm like, there's stormtroopers with the DLT, you know, and then suddenly I get hit by like six, six hits, which, you know, like when they always have access to a name token, like you said, with the two actions, it's actually not that weird. No, yeah, I think the average is about what what I say, five, four to five. Four to um, five, yeah. Then even if you're not getting your your max average damage, it's more consistent. Like when you have that bad roll of like, oh, I got two hits. Well, you're getting re-roll three dice, so keep your head up. Yep, storms love their aim tokens. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of units that love aim tokens, um, what do you like? So th- recently they've previewed the Rogue One stuff for both sides. Um, what do you think of the, at least what we've seen so far, of Chronic and the Death Troopers? Okay. Um, so starting with Krennic, I, I, I'm glad to finally have another commander that is not 200 and some points and <laughs> doesn't have a command card directed towards vehicles. Um, at the same time, though, I'm, I'm, I'm not jumping to Krennic yet. I want to see everything he has and everything he brings. Um, while the damage is more consistent, I hate the idea of going down to a one to two range weapon. Um, cause again, I know you've been in the receiving end of my beers also, and I use them very aggressively normally because his damage is a little underestimated, but it, that range one to three is key to that damage output. Cause when you get one range closer, you're that much more, you know, in danger. Um, but at the same time, I think Krennic right now, it's looking like he'll have a lot of control over his order activations and that's, that's pretty exciting. Um, and um, like I said, I'm just super pumped to have a commander to possibly swap them out with, swap veers out with. Uh, the Death Troopers, um, I, I, depending on what they cost, I'm still, again, a little hesitant on them also, not because of, like a lot of people are already jumping on, well, snipers are just going to snipe them. Like, yeah, that's going to suck, and that's going to be very, increase the value of snipers. But uh, just d- depending on the cost, I don't know if I'm going to replace the Stormtrooper with an officer for death troopers yet um because for me i think they're going to fill about the same role uh where like death troopers once they're on a flank they have courage to uh put them on a flank they're going to be really hard to push off that flank like your opponent's going to be throwing attacks at them and hopefully they're just blocking you know everything and dying slowly and then if you bring medics depending on what medics come out to cost if they're good it death troopers could just be monsters on the flanks Yeah, for sure. Those red surge hits are, uh, you know, obviously, like you said, they're vulnerable to Pierce. But if you're taking the occasional sniper hit and bringing that guy back with a medic, um, you could certainly be pretty resilient. But yeah, you know, we haven't seen obviously all of what they do. So right, yeah, I'm a little, like I said, that's why I'm a little hesitant. I don't know what the points are going to come out to, like total cost. Like, are we talking 100 or 110 to have it, you know, kitted out with the what it needs? You could run into a situation with like, I guess, similar to Wookiees, where you have two units that are 110 points plus, and they kind of crowd out everything else interesting. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I don't think that you're going to have the same problem just because Death Troopers are so versatile. They shoot at like all ranges. They have crazy good weaponry. They have very good saves. 
And like you say, they have multiple courage and, you know, possibly in the future with the medic. So I don't know if they'll have the same limitations that taking the double Wookiees have. Especially yeah. with Entourage in the mix, too. So you can take actually two snipers and two death troopers from Krennic's Entourage, which should be pretty sweet. Yeah, I think it, they're, they definitely have the potential to change up lists as we know it, uh, along with medics, depending on, again, how medics turn out, if they're, they're strong or not. Um, things are going to be sh- shook up here coming through the yeah. winter. I think that's the last like big drop we're trying to figure out before LVO. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it kind of stinks that you won't have a whole lot of time to practice or you know play with medics before LVO. I'm guessing I'm guessing they're going to come out in January. Is that right? Probably. I don't remember. That's. I think that's the current like the Spanish site, the infamous Spanish site that always yeah, has the infamous dates one. early. Um, mm. has them in January. We gotta get Wookiees awesome first. Be... Do we even have a release date for Wookiees right now? Yeah, they're coming out Thursday. Oh, really? Christmas Day. Oh, yep. Wait. Yeah, no, like three three days from now. No, three days from now. Oh yeah, so they'll be under your Christmas tree, right? Yep, yep, so definitely. Actually, they'll be in my hands. They'll be in my hands and base coded before the end of the day. Is what, <laughs> what they'll be because I'm so because I'm keen to play them. Uh, they look fan, they look good. They don't look as good as the Death Troopers, but they look good. The they Death Troopers look so now. dope. Oh my god. Yep. Yeah, we. We've already hit this, uh, beat this horse, but the Pathfinders and the Death Troopers and Chronic and Jin, like they really stepped up their game with, you know, whatever wave this is, the Rogue One wave. Uh, they look awesome. So, um, so I, I think you're going to Adepticon, right? Yes. Yeah. I've got an Airbnb, hopefully not in the sketchy part of Chicago booked. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'll be there. So, uh, but not LVO. No, no, no. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, next year I got a I got a wedding coming up next year, a honeymoon, and uh, I want to go to Gen Con and Adepticon. I only get so much time off in a year, so I'm like, you know, managing here. He's banking tokens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do it all, but you know, priorities, I guess. Yeah, that honeymoon, you know, man, yeah. get in the way of LVO. I know. It was I mean, tough trade off. You could just have your honeymoon in Las Vegas. <laughs> oh, see what I'm doing there. If we didn't already have, if we didn't already have the Aruba trip booked. I, I would totally be down for that. Aruba's fun. You'll, you'll have a good time. I'll be laying on the beach. Yeah. Oh, awesome! Been there. I have. I have. It is awesome. very, very beautiful place. Small. Good, good, it's good. Really small. It's very small. Yeah. It's very windy too. Last time I hit a golf ball there, it ended up behind me. <laughs> whoa! Whoa! Yeah, <laughs> I do like to golf, so uh, maybe I should try that. Uh, I did the same thing, but it's because I'm bad at golf, not because of the wind. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, so what do you? Uh, I assume you are you doing the last chance qualifier, and then hopefully high command at Adepticon. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, I'll be there Friday and Saturday, and possibly Sunday. So I'll be doing it all Saturday, assuming I win Friday. Saturday, I might just do find something else to do or hang out or um how how have you felt generally about uh like the state of organized play for legion well i mean like you're really asking the wrong person man i i wish there was more going on in game stores uh i feel like so there's a game store near me that i've been to a couple times but it's it's having a hard time jumping off in the indianapolis area Uh, i talked to somebody that i met up there a couple weeks ago about it and saw asked him like hey is any of the game stores doing anything? Are they 
getting groups together and basically the answer is like no nothing's going on um so i i feel like maybe if there was more support for like tournaments in game stores like th- those counting as qualifiers or i don't know some kind of change i i feel like maybe there people would be more hyped to go to game stores and play does that make sense yeah, yeah. so um so what do you think the uh at least from an imperial perspective, like what do you expect to see people bringing um, to the top tables at LVO? Yeah, that's. I think that's a really tough question because the meta so far, what we've seen on uh, the big events is everybody has their own meta at their home, and they bring their flavor, and it creates this. Uh, what do they call it, a mixing pot? So, what I would, I think you're going to see an assortment of empire armies. I think everything right now is valid i think everything can work what i would look at more as a competitive player is what is the most skewed list somebody can bring and can you beat it because there's always going to be that handful of people that bring the double air speeders or three flamer atrts or double atst um or even like six snow troopers like do you have what you need like are you going to be able to beat that four irg palpatine army coming at you that's that's more what I would look at, um, rather than trying to guess what the uh, most common thing is going to be. We missed uplinked saboteurs, but yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Those yeah. are some crazy armies that have been played. Right, and have yeah. won have won multiple times actually. At least not they haven't won events, but they've won like a lot of games. So we know that they're good. And, that, and I'm glad you actually brought that up. So like the I'm guessing you're referring to this last event where the Vader Veers Boba Fett list won. Um, yes yeah so endlessly i played against you and i know you like to use your your commandos with hunter upgrade as like a yeah a uh what do you call it like a hunter character yeah character assassinator yeah so like right there like if you'd run into that you'd be like oh this is my lucky day right yeah it'd be like joy there's so many targets (laughs) yeah i'm not saying like everyone should run out and put commandos with hunter in their list but that's just like something like what if someone brings what and especially a year from now when we have more operatives and characters what if it becomes the norm to bring you know two commanders an operative and whatever other single model things are out and it becomes a hero game like do, yeah. are you bringing tools to handle that yeah i'd be forced to conclude that hunter's stock on commandos goes way way up in that situation especially against the non-person mean heroes yep which is kind of how I like to use my hunter commandos to kill off those pesky characters. Yep, it's really effective, I recall. Unfortunately, the going going now is like people bring Palpatine more, and so the hunter commando stock kind of dropped. Plus, they're just expensive. Yeah, like against the against the Palpatine list, like this all just sure because I mean, you asked me against like a Palpatine list, um, the hunter commando stock drops off pretty hard just because Palpatine's immune appears got the best save. You'd rather just actually have more core in a situation like that. Yeah, you just kind of want to dump as many hits into him as you can manage. Yeah, so like having more Z6 <laughs> is better, I think. I think. I think that's just the answer most of the time, is more Z6 is better. Yeah, that's that's an unfortunate truth it's hard to, of the Rebel faction, is that more Z6 is better. It's hard to beat Especially the when they can when they can roll yeah. 10 hits, which playing a rebel yeah. game match last week 
I rolled 10 hits with a Z6 squad, and I was like, why am I not playing Rebels? You are a very lucky person, sir, because you can also roll two surges yeah. and nothing else. <laughs> My opponent had to look up the uh, the odds. I was playing screw tape, and he had to look up the odds of that hit, and it was like less than 1%. Yeah. <laughs> You'll never yeah. see us like again. Were, were you yeah, playing on? No, no, it was, uh, I was playing Leia list, uh, Wonder Twins list. Yep. Um, what do you, so we talked some brief, briefly about Palpatine. What do you think of Palpatine? Um, he's, he's different. Uh, so yeah, I did a guide on him and I, and that guide's more about how I think his kit lends to be played. It doesn't mean that he's going to rise to the top level playing like that. I'm not sure we found the right way to play him yet. Um, but what game, my gaming experience has taught me is that units that kill themselves have a very hard time of being point efficient. And what I mean by that, like for my StarCraft fan uh, brothers out there, Zerg, yeah, your Banelings might kill all the Marines, but you still lost the trade. If you played Hearthstone, Vanilla, Deathwing, you might wipe everything on the board, discard your hand. You probably won't come out ahead in that trade still. So what I'm afraid of with Palpatine is you go out there, you kill a bunch of stuff, but you killed your own 200 plus point unit. Um, I'm thinking what, and a lot of people say this, what Palpatine needs probably is the medical droids. If you're able to use your one pip bomb and then heal back up, that's going to be huge. Um, so right now I, I, I'm, st- I don't know. I'm still a little hesitant to say he's the best. I mean, I, I like I said, I think everything's pretty balanced right now and everything's valid, but I, I think medical droids will make or break him, um, being top tier. Yeah, I mean, he's just going to be an old man, like, walking rickety across the battlefield with, like, a billion medics. It's going to yeah. be great. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, yeah, I think he's going to have to have that. His he's wounds just... are some of the best wounds to heal. Like, they're so good. The Pierce immune three-up save is, like, the best save right now. Yeah. Yeah, and see on the flip side of that, they're the best to heal, but they're and that's why they're the they're the best to lose too, right? So, mm-hmm. it, it's a very expensive card to play, and now you will die. But we've definitely also seen it just totally swing games from one direction to the other. Yeah, yeah, and Which, and that's that's, that's the, what the it's key for, part of right? it, right? <laughs> right. It, it's just that yeah, so it's taking advantage of that, so. If you don't have a follow-up to the and now you'll die or you're just using it because you see the opportunity to it's not the the game winning move you know it's the it's a tool just like everything else in this game right yeah you really really got to land that uppercut with it um, right for it to for it to be useful i i think i think pelp is a really like high skill cap commander and like you said i think once we see more people play him we'll uh and get the hang of his command cards, which um, entire legion seems meh, but the other two are, are amazing. So yeah, um, uh, the two pip card is fantastic. Yeah, the two and the one pip are both very versatile. Like the one pip can literally just be whipcord if you want it to be, um, which I think is really neat. Like you don't have to take four wounds on Pal. Right. No. That's an interesting way to look at it, though. Yeah, it could be a whipcord. But yeah, like it could be, it could be a double whipcord if you want it to be. Um, like a lot of the times, like the damage on turn five or six might not actually matter. You know, 
um, it might be more important to root a box carrier to the ground or root something that like really needs to get to an objective or something. Um, I think, I think that that is almost maybe more valuable a lot of the time. Yeah, and I, I would like to see, so in all the games I've been able to watch and experience with Palpatine, I've not yet seen somebody use him in any way other than the Palp Bomb. And I would like to see somebody, or if someone's tried this, like let us know, like have you just used Palpatine, used both his actions on himself every turn and just move him up, move, attack, move, attack, aim, attack, and just use him as a normal unit like imagine him not being just a, a nuclear bomb that's ready to go off. I actually think that is an issue. I think Imperial players are a bit too aggressive with pull the strings. I think pull the strings is not required every turn. And I do think that people should at least keep the pal bomb in mind throughout their entire, you know, game as a way to play him more efficiently than we've seen. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I agree with you on that point hundred percent. I think pull the strings is being used too much. And we've seen people pay for it, like pops just nowhere by turn three because they've been pulling every single turn. And this is and just I think that's just wrong. This is exactly how I lost <laughs> my last game. A little bit, a little bit, yeah. It's yeah, it's. I mean, it's a great ability, but it's also a little bit of a trap because essentially what you're doing is you're you're transferring an action from a high value unit to potentially a lesser value unit. Right. Uh, you're doing something out of order. You know, and you're giving like an extra action to something else, so that's why it's potentially good. Right. But so a lot of times I see people using it to force situations. I think it's better to take a situation that's already happening and just win more with it. I think that's probably the better use. That's what we saw R one do in the semifinal match of the Invader League with his Royal Guard. Um, those Royal Guards tore through my army. Granted, I didn't like throw a whole lot at them because I was on the like just trying to run away at that point. But by using pull the strings every turn, those IRG were monsters. Yeah, he did the same thing in his match against Ellis, um, where they, he just ping-ponged them between all the units in the center. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of Royal Guard, though, um, what do you think of their abilities without Palpatine behind them? Because I know that you've been using them without Palpatine since they were available. Yeah, so I, I love them. I don't know if you've seen, but I actually just released today on my blog the uh, IRG guide. Um, oh, there you go. Yeah, so I think they're fantastic. Like I said, I when I build an army now, I have a really hard time not thinking to throw an IRG in. Like we already kind of discussed about, you know what's good in the game, you should bring something. If, if For a competitive list, you should bring something to answer what's good, you know, if you're going into a blind matchup. Um, I think that they have multiple roles, but I think they're a defensive unit, and I think people want to use them as an aggressive unit, and then they're let down. Um, I've learned real quick that the those eight black dice or that melee attack's going to let you down and it's not as it, it's not going to be as awesome as in your mind you think it's going to be um but if that's if you're charging into your opponent's forces but if your opponent's coming into your turf and you answer with IRG like you're going to like what what they do Do you, how, how often do you find yourself using uh, their guardian ability, and if so, like on what targets? Uh, so quite often. So basically, in the guide, I kind of talk about the different roles the IRG can go through. Um, at the start of the game, you'll kind of identify, and during list building, what role you want to use your IRG for. If you're up against a Luke, IRG for me have always been this, the Luke screen, where they're trying to stick to Luke, 
be ready to intercept him wherever he comes into because they can act, you know, they also have a speed of two. They can kind of chase him down. If you stay on the inside between your army and Luke, you know, you're there. Um, if there's no Luke and you don't have a high value target like Palpatine or Vader, then you're just on the defense, right? So it's actually point efficient to guardian for anything. If you look at the Electro staff guard at that point, those are two wounds that if you lose them, so what you paid 12, 12 and a half points per wound of that Electro staff guard. You don't need it for Luke. So what I've actually just realized lately is how effective that is in the sniper war to put your IRG next to your snipers and be ready to soak some wounds up from the enemy sniper shots, uh, which can set you ahead big time. Um, so if you look at it as 12.5 points per wound, it's basically effective to absorb wounds off anything other than stormtroopers and snowtroopers. Um, and in, in the sniper example too, you're also upgrading your save in the process. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I actually had this epiphany. It was a kind of an accident. I was covering a mistake of, uh, where I deployed at in that match against AJST. I forgot he had Leia. Sometimes, I mean, everybody makes mistakes, right? But again, I had a tool to correct that mistake. So I deployed both my snipers where Leia could see all of them, right? And I was like, oh, crap, what do I do? And I put the IRG there, and I actually realized how great that is. Granted, he didn't have Luke, so I didn't need the IRG for the the role of you know getting Luke. But when he put his bombardment into both sniper teams, the guard were able to take all of it except for I think one crit went through. So by doing that, I mean, like you said, you're upgrading your save and I had no other purpose for the guard that game other than to be a defensive unit and to protect the snipers. So they did just that. And it kind of made the orbital bombardment less valuable because I didn't lose any actions that round. Yeah, that's a great use of Guardian for sure. It does seem like it can make a critical difference here, like just having the option to be able to guardian up to eight hits off of something. I mean, that's the total guard's health pool, of course, but just like having that tool in your toolkit more than anything, you know, as you said, seems to be where the value lies in a non-Palpatine guard list, not just their offense, but just the ability to shunt wounds around. Right, yeah. I mean, if I learned anything from X-Wing, it's that taking what your opponent's shooting at and saying, you can't shoot that, is very very powerful big dark lighter yep big dark lighter yeah oh man don't even give me started on old school bigs oh god that goes to in any game anything that takes your opponent's choice away from them and puts it as your choice that's a powerful effect and that's kind of what guardians balanced because it's like maxed out like guardian 2 right you can't take the entire attack but that's still it's strong Hmm, there's a certain Palpatine command card that comes to mind. Right, exactly. And Han Solo's uh, Reckless Diversion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, RD and Change of Plans, Given to Your Anger, all that stuff. Yeah, that... yeah anytime you're you're taking choices away, that's good. Yes, it is. It's, it's... Um... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, again, it goes back to the game of chess. Imagine if... If your opponent wanted to move their queen, but you're like, uh huh, huh, you can't do that. You have to move your knight this turn. And they're like, but it's just at the base level, that's a very powerful effect in in games. Yeah, that's what giving your anger does, literally. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you you need to move this rook, but instead you're going to move your bishop. Or like a pawn. 
Yeah, or, yeah. Or more to the point, more of a pawn. Yeah. yeah. Um, have you played uh, Vader at all? Yeah, uh, more so in the early days since uh, Veers. I, I played a lot of Veers ATST also, so I always ATST is still like a lot of people is my favorite model. But um, played a lot of Vader, of course, when the game first came out, um, and I've only played them once actually against Endless with the IRG. Um, I more have played against him. I play a lot of practice matches against Screw Tape. Um, I, I'm guessing where you're going with this is what I think about Vader. Is that about what I'm getting at? Here? Yeah. Yep. Okay. I think right now, I think Vader, between the IRG being out and the change to Master of the Force, I'm of the opinion Vader is very, 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 very strong right now. Like people aren't giving him another chance because they he's been he's like the old old toy right he's not a novelty you know we've had him since the core set and no one wants to look back but the irg are able to take the get him into the fight at full health a lot of times and with the change of master of the force you're now getting on the implacable turn especially you're getting to use whatever force upgrade is key in that turn twice so that went in the terms of force choke that has proven screw tape has proven that to be very, very strong. Yeah, I think he's, um, you know, we've got our resident, uh, master of evil himself here. Um, but I think he's definitely underutilized now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Dash, you're, you're you still play a lot of Darth Vader. I right? do. I do. Um, would you agree with me that the changes of an IRG have been a huge? Oh, absolutely. Too? I, I think, um, I mean, IRG are just huge in general for him. You can't really, you know, when when you've got, I don't know, I, I think I took two squads of IRG alongside him in Round Robin Invader, and I just, like, it smashed. It was it was unbelievably good, and um, I have nothing but good things to say about it. I will say that I agree with you that the Master of the Force change is, like, um, I don't know, just kind of, like, people are sleeping on it and don't understand how because yeah. because it it refreshes at the end of your activation now he gets two activations so you get to it's like might as well be master of the force two to some extent it's better than that because you can use the same power twice in one turn so um it's just it's really good uh i haven't specifically tried it with choke um just because i'm not a huge fan of choke but you know being able to force push twice on any given turn is pretty good Right, force push twice in a turn makes it you're you're not going to be tied down, you know you're going to get to do what you want and or be tied down if that's what you want, you know for the safety. Um, very strong. Choke's great in the mirror too. Like you can choke snow troopers, those flame trooper. I mean, because they're they're going to have to come to you anyway, right? Because they want to they want to do their range one damage. So you know, choke the flame trooper, choke the electro staff, or just try to start doing wounds to it. You know. Yeah. Like choking the electro staff is really good because it guarantees they have to put wounds in that unit if there's no other wounded unit. At least yeah. I think that's how yeah. that works. Yeah, I mean, choke, I don't choke, know the that, that is exactly how that. I works. find it interesting that choke's not used more, and I know it, it competed with. Uh, I'm mind blanking the reflexes card um, for the dodge token at first, but um, the fact that it's only five points—if you even use it once in a game—you just made 
that's that's value town you know i mean you're taking yeah, you made your points plus, back yeah you're taking a 20 plus model and so much firepower from a unit and all you spent was five points like cha-ching to just instantly kill that unit which is so I mean, good i think right. it's a lot better now that force reflexes is not required to get vader right. in the fight I, I think before irg you can, you couldn't really put force choke on him and feel good about it he really needs saber throw right he really needs force reflexes most of the time and he frankly really needs force push too he's just so limited by the fact that like all of those abilities need to be stapled to him in order for him to be good without royal guard uh, now that he doesn't need reflexes yep. i think you can definitely take choke if you want to absolutely hopefully they bring out some more uh dark side force powers that bring some other awesome effects So I think uh, you guys have any other questions? Any other questions? Can you uh, take a moment, Garn, to plug your blog? Just because we want to make sure we give back. <laughs> since yeah. you've given us so much. Um, absolutely. Yeah, so check out my blog. It's at empirelegion.com. Uh, it's, it's called New Ways to Motivate Them. Obviously taken from the two pip command cards. Because um, I love Darth Vader. He's awesome. Uh, but yeah, check it out. I'll be trying to get some battle reports up there with the purpose, not just to tell you about a match, but the idea of the battle reports is to say what went right in this battle or what went wrong and what can, we can learn from it as empire players. Uh, for example, the last one from screw tape, if you want to learn how about the importance of turn zero and sabotage the moisture evaporators, check that out. Cause he played turn zero. Fantastic. And there's a lot to learn from that article. Um, and I'll try to bring you, strategy guides for the units as they release and see where else it goes awesome well i've uh, yeah. definitely been enjoying reading your articles yeah thanks i hope you like the memes too i'm, I'm kind of a meme I, I love the memes oh yeah i love memes yeah. <laughs> if you've read any of my articles you know <laughs> yeah i know yeah. Uh, california meme over here um all right well so uh, today we uh, talked to Garnanana. Did I say it right that time? Uh, kind of. It's kind of like more like banana. You said like banana, but you know, like <laughs> Garnanana. Gar Garnanana. Real, real quick. Banana. The song that helps is "Think of the Muppet." Banana. Yeah. Dun 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 dun. Garnanana. Garnanana. Got it. All right. Garnanana. Yeah. There you go. You got it now, right? Garnanana. Yep. Garnanana. All right. Garnanana. All right. I'm not going to mess that up again. Yeah, see? <laughs> All right, so we are the Notorious Scoundrels. I'm Orchimedes. I'm Dashes. And I'm Endless. And we will see you next week for our Christmas special with uh, Fifth Trooper. Join us next time for another edition of the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. This has been a Fifth Trooper production. <laughs>